to keep him wrapped in its gloom but after three days the master did rise death was defeated Christ was alive he's still alive still on his throne still coming back to rapture his wisdom eating with them ascending to heaven where he will reside till Jesus himself returns for his
Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26 this morning. I'm glad to know that he's still alive. I'm glad to know he's still on his throne. Sometimes as God's people, we've got to be reminded of that. And uh, the Lord knows what he's doing, preparing our hearts for this sermon and this message this morning. I've just had a message on my heart that I want to share with you today. Matthew chapter 26, we're going to start in verse 31, if you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word. <clears throat> Matthew 26 and verse 31. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow shall thou deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word today. And dear Lord, I feel like as your people, as your church here at Promised Land, all of these folks have been so faithful. And God, you're doing so many great and wonderful things. But Lord, there are times in our life as your sheep that we are tempted to stumble and to stray away from the fold. And I just feel this morning that you have this sermon, not in particular for anybody else other than me. And God, there are times that I stumble. There are times that I want to stray away. And I appreciate you being so faithful to me. The times that I've let you down, the times that I ran off, the times that I quit. God, thank you for leaving the 99 and coming back for me. Dear Lord, it's easy to point our fingers but God, it's us that are under the microscope today. And God, I pray that we would all survey our life as you have surveyed our hearts before we ever come in here. And I pray that we would leave this place different than how we walked in. God, give me grace to preach your word. I pray that you would open the hearts to your church so that we can hear your word today. Help us to hear your word. Help us to be doers of your word today. Take all the distractions out, God, and fill this place with your sweet Holy Spirit. Give me preaching power. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you on the subject, the stumbling of the flock. I want you to notice uh, what it says here in the scripture in verse 31. Jesus said, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. He said down in verse 33 that Peter said that I'll never be offended. Uh, several times the word offended there is used. The word offended means to stumble. Now I want you to notice what Jesus said, all ye shall be offended. Here he is talking to his disciples after the Lord's Supper. They're going out. They have sung the song. They have gone out into the Mount of Olives. It is nothing but the church body, the fellowship of of the church. And there's Jesus with his disciples. They're enjoying the fellowship of one another. And Jesus said, all of you will be offended tonight. All of you will stumble. All of you will stumble and have trouble. 
It, it, it bothers me that Jesus said this. It bothers me that Jesus said not just Peter, but the entire church is about to stumble because of a what's about to happen. It's amazing to me that Jesus addressed the church and said, Listen, I'm concerned the fact that you're about to stumble. Jesus has been with His disciples for three solid years. He's been faithful to them. They've walked hand in hand with Jesus, and they have not stumbled. They have not uh, went away from Him. They have stayed there with Him, and Jesus led them and guided them. But Jesus said, every one of you is about to stumble. Every one of you is about to mess up. And child of God, we need to understand sometimes as His flock that we mess up. We make mistakes. There are times in our life that we stumble as Christians. There are times in our life that we make bad decisions. There are times in our life that every day the devil is trying to get us away from the Savior, away from the flock, away from the shepherd. Every single day the devil himself tries to do everything he can to cause us to stumble. And as God's people, we've all been guilty of stumbling. We've all messed up. The psalmist Asaph said, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. How many of y'all know where he's coming from? Of how many times that we were that close from slipping out of the fold, from slipping away from the flock, because the devil causes us to stumble. And so many times when we stumble, God's people think, well, I can't go back because I'm embarrassed. I can't go back because I've done this. But some of the greatest people in God's Word stumbled. Some of the greatest Christians this world has ever seen stumbled the worst. Think about King David. He committed adultery. He committed murder. There was times in his life that he was prideful, but yet he was still a man after God's own heart. He stumbled, but yet God still used him. Think about Moses. Think about the temper that Moses had, and I think his temper got to him worse than anything there towards the end of his ministry when he got frustrated and disobeyed God about striking the rock. That's one thing he got angry about. Think about early in his ministry when he murdered an Egyptian man, but yet God still used him. Even when Moses stumbled, God picked him up and used him anyway. Isn't God faithful this morning? I think about old Noah. And one of the sad things about Noah is he preached righteousness for years and years. He preached, but he stumbled. The only thing we know about his later years is that he was drunk and naked in his tent. Some of the greatest men, some of the greatest women in the Bible stumbled. Think about Elijah. Think about the depression and the discouragement this man faced. Think about when old Jezebel rose up against him. Man, I'm telling you, he ran under that juniper tree. He said, man, my life's over with. This woman has got me in a corner. There's nothing I can do. This man was the greatest man of courage we've ever seen in the Bible, but yet he stumbled. Think about old John Mark when he was with Paul and Barnabas and he was out there working in the ministry. He got discouraged and he left the work. He got down and he stumbled and he said, I'm done serving Jesus and he left. But bless God, God wasn't done with him. God picked him up and he still used him. We think about the Apostle Peter who here we find is about to stumble worse than anybody's ever stumbled by denying Jesus three times, but yet God is going to pick him up and use him. Isn't that awesome? 
He's fixing to preach a sermon that 3,000 souls get saved at. He's going to preach another sermon that 5,000 souls get saved at. Some of the best Christians stumbled the worst. And God's people were all guilty of stumbling. Every one of us has that opportunity to stumble in our life. Isaiah 41.10, the Lord said, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Aren't you glad God said He'll help us? Aren't you glad when we stumble? Aren't you glad when we fail? Aren't you glad when we make mistakes? Mistakes, when we make the wrong decision, God is there to pick us up. God is there to strengthen us. God is there to keep us going along the way. I'm telling you, there's not anything too bad that God can't get you through today. There's not anything too bad that is causing you to not serve the Lord anymore. God can forgive you. God can bring you back into the fold. And I'm telling you, you hadn't messed up too bad that God can't take your life and use you again for His kingdom and His ministry. The devil tells us we've stumbled too often, we've stumbled too much, we've done too much now as a child of God. We've ruined our testimony and there's no way that God can use us again. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. God will take you back this morning. God will pick you up and He'll use you again. Don't think, child of God, that you have messed up so much that God can't use you in His kingdom anymore because He can't. If you think about the stumbling that we do as God's people, it goes back to one of two things, but really both of these things is what causes us to stumble. Number one, the flock stumbles when they are separated from the shepherd. I want you to notice verse 31. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended. All ye shall stumble because of me. This night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. And so the Lord is telling them that I'm, I'm about to leave. And He said, all, every single one of you is about to stumble. And you see, this is a little different because for three years in the earthly ministry, we go back to the Sea of Galilee when Jesus said, lay down your nets and follow me. And they laid down their nets to follow Jesus. And every day, there was one constant in their life. It was them and Jesus. It was them and... They chose Jesus over their nets. They chose Jesus over their hobbies. They chose Jesus over everything. And so every single day, Jesus was right there. Jesus was never far enough that they couldn't cry out or call out that He wouldn't come and rescue them. You think about when they were on the Sea of Galilee. Hey, Jesus wasn't in the boat, but He was high lifted up and praying on their behalf. But where was He when they cried? He was right there to help them, to get them across the sea. You see, all of these three years, they had Jesus there. Every time they needed something, Jesus was there. Aren't you glad that every time you need something, Jesus is there? Aren't you glad that He's our shepherd and He desires fellowship with us? He desires communion with us? Can you imagine for three years they got to sit at the table with Jesus? They got to, got to walk with Jesus. They got to see Him preach. Man, they got to see Him healed. Man, they got to see Him do all of these miracles because they kept walking with Jesus. And as long as they walked with Jesus, Jesus was right there. And they experienced and enjoyed this fellowship and this communion. I'm telling you, the devil said it's not worth walking with Jesus. But I'm telling you, it's worth 
walking with Jesus. It's worth every day getting up and, and bearing our cross and following Him because walking with Jesus is sweet. Walking with Jesus gets better and better every day. Cathead, walking with Jesus gets gooder and gooder every day. I'm telling you, the longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows. I'm telling you, if you will walk with Him, if you will talk with Him and enjoy Him, oh, what an abundant life we have in store for us. But Jesus says something here. He said, y'all are about to stumble. Notice why. Because of me. He said, you're about to stumble because of me. Jesus was about to be arrested. He was about to go to the cross. He was about to be persecuted for us. He was about to go through the trial. He was about to be put to shame. He was about to go to the, uh, to the tomb for three days. And He said, I'm about to leave you. Let me tell you, when we get in troubles, when we get separated from the shepherd... And Jesus said, the reason you're about to get separated is because of me. Because I'm about to go, and I'm about to be in prison, and I'm about to go through trial, and these next three, four, five days, you're going to call and you're going to cry, but I'm not going to be there to pick you up. I'm not going to be there to help you. For the first time in three years, they didn't have Jesus at their every beckoning call. For the first time in their Christian life, they weren't going to have the Lord there to pick them up when they fall. For the next few, three, four, five days, they were about to have to live this Christian life without Jesus at their side and without the Comforter guiding them as the local New Testament church. Three or four days, there they were, stuck alone. And he said, because of this, every one of you is going to stumble. Every one of you is going to have trouble because I'm telling you, when we get separated from the shepherd, we are going to stumble. When we get separated in our fellowship with Jesus, we are going to stumble. We are going to mess up when we get separated from Jesus. If you look back at the times that you stumbled, nine out of ten times, it's because you stepped away from Jesus. You stepped away from your relationship with Him. And I'm telling you, if you want to stumble, just get separated from Jesus. Just keep on going and not going to church and not reading your Bible and not praying. You'll get separated from the shepherd and before you know it, you're going to stumble and you're going to be lost out of the flock. And before you know it, you're not even reading your Bible anymore. You're not singing anymore and you're not going to church. You're not witnessing. Child of God, it's serious when we get separated from the shepherd. Sheep got to have a shepherd. We're sheep, and bless God, He's a shepherd. And we need to walk hand in hand with the shepherd for three or four days, no matter how much pain they were in, they could cry all they wanted to, and Jesus wasn't going to be there. Isn't that sad? Have you all ever felt that in your life? You say, no, preacher. Well, self-righteous person, I have. I've been in that place that I've been separated from the shepherd to the point and place that I could cry and call all I wanted to, but he didn't answer me. You say, preacher, you're, you're preaching heresy. No, David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You see, no longer does the shepherd have to go to the cross because bless God, that's fulfilled. That's done. No longer does he have to be buried because he done defeated death, hell, and the grave. He's still alive. He's still on the throne and he's going to be there for all of eternity, praise God. Amen? He's not going to walk away from us. 
But you walk away from Him. And if you walk away from Him and there's iniquity in your life that you hadn't carried before Him, you can cry all you want to. And the Bible said He will not hear you. How sad it is for God's people to cry to the shepherd only for the shepherd to not to respond. Can you imagine these four days? The, the pressure these disciples were under. All the guilt they were under. All the temptation they were under. And not one person to pick them up when they fell. There's nothing worse than being a Christian and not being able to fall down on our face and say, God, I need you. I've done it before and He didn't answer me. I've done it before and He didn't incline into my call because there was iniquity in my heart. And there was times that I thought, well, God will overlook this. God can't overlook sin. God can't overlook that. And you let sin get in your life and it's going to separate you from the shepherd. And you won't talk about mess up communion and fellowship. You get unforgiven sin in your life and you just sweep it under the carpet. You'll be miles away from God. And you can cry and call all you want to. He will not hear. Miss V, I've been there. And there's nothing worse than a child of God not having their shepherd at every beckoning call. There's not a worse feeling in the world to think that I can't call upon God and Him respond to me. Child of God, purge that heart this morning. Draw nigh to God and He'll draw nigh to you. Man, carry that sin before the Father. Lay it before Him and allow the blood of Jesus to forgive you of your sin. Not long ago I said something to somebody and I, I told him, I said, well, i got to go to God every day and ask for forgiveness. Are you that bad? I said, I guarantee you, ask my wife, she'll tell you. I'm that bad. That every day, Every day I've got to go before the Father and I've got to say, Father, forgive me of my sin. Oh, I claim the blood of Jesus upon my sin and He's faithful and He's just to forgive me of my sin. Because if I don't, if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I just sweep it under the rug, He's not going to hear me. I want Him to hear me. Because I'm praying for my kids. I'm praying for my nation. I'm praying for my church. I'm praying for every one of you. I need God to hear me. My kids are going to that school every day. I need the God of heaven to hear my prayer. Every day I'm crying out to God and I want there to be a clean slate between me and God. Nothing blocking, nothing interrupting, nothing getting in the way between me and the shepherd. I'm telling you, I may not be one in one with my wife. I may not be one in one with my kid, but bless God, I want to be one on one with Jesus Christ. And I feel like if you can get right with Jesus and get along with Jesus, you can get along with anybody. Man, we're running around, we can't get along with nobody in the world. You know why? Because we can't even get along with Jesus. Huh. You ever thought about that? Jesus is the easiest person in the world to get along with. And if you can't get along with Him, you can't get along with nobody. We need to get one-on-one -on -one with the Lord. We need to get that sin out. We need to purge our hearts. Look in Luke 22. If you're with me, say amen. I want to go to Luke's version of this. The emphasis now, Jesus is talking to Simon, Simon. The flock stumbles when they're separated from the shepherd and the flock stumbles when they're sifted by Satan. Oh, I need the Lord's help. 
Luke 22, 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. If you look back at the times that you stumbled, it's because you either were separated from the shepherd or because Satan was sifting you. And most of the time, both of them. Because the Bible said that Satan desires to have us in order that he may sift us as wheat. Sifting, the act of sifting is the act of separating the wheat from the chaff. The old way of separating this, they didn't have the fancy tools and machines that we do today, but they would find a place, a hard rock, they would find a piece of concrete or something, and they would put this wheat upon, and they would take rocks, and they would take something heavy, and they would begin to press and smash against the wheat. And the purpose of this is to separate the good grain from the bad. Okay? And the entire purpose of sifting is in order to separate. So when the Lord says, Peter, Simon, Simon, he desires to sift you, that means he's desiring to separate. And the, the way that he separates is by putting pressure upon our life. Just as they would separate the wheat, they would take something heavy and put it upon it in order to press it to separate. The devil uses the same process by putting pressure upon God's people in order to sift us as wheat. But I want you to notice what Jesus said. He said, Satan desires to have you. In the Greek, it simply means to have you all. He, didn't, he wasn't just talking to Peter, even though that's the only name he said. Back in our text, he said, all of you will be offended tonight. All of you is going to stumble tonight. And so, he's not just talking to Peter, he's talking to the church. And he said, church, Satan desires to divide you. He desires to sift you. He desires to divide us and separate us. Number one, He desires to separate us from the Father. Do you know why it's so easy to get away and out of fellowship with God? Because the devil makes it easy. He puts pressure upon us. He puts the life's trials and troubles upon us. Oh, He puts uh, lies and deception upon us. I'm telling you, the devil will lie to you. He will press you down. Uh, he'll fill you with so much nonsense that it don't even make sense. He will press upon you. Why is He doing that? To separate you from the Father. I've heard God's own children say, God did this to me. And get mad at God and take off running. That ain't nothing but the devil. God ain't done nothing but loved us and picked us up at our every beckoning call. God didn't bring evil upon your life. Sin brought evil upon your life. The consequences of your decisions brought evil upon our life. There's so many of God's people out there mad at God, mad at Jesus. Are you kidding me? What in the, why in the world are we mad at God? God has done nothing but gave His only begotten Son for us. But the devil's put pressure on us. And he's lied to us and he's deceived us. And he said, get mad at God. God did. God could have rescued you. God could have done this. And the devil's a liar. And he puts pressure on us to separate us from the Father. And every day the temptation of sin, that pressure is upon us. Why? To separate us from the Father. Every day the pressure of sin, the pressure of temptation, the pressure of this life. May I tell you, we're like pressure cookers. We're about to blow up. Look at me now. We're under so much pressure. 
we're about to pop. And the reason that we're under so much pressure, because Satan desires to sift us. And he's putting us under pressure in order to separate us and the Father. Don't let the devil win. Let me say that again so you amen at this time. Don't let the devil win. Don't let the devil win. Quit allowing the devil to lie to you in order to separate you from the Father. Because you know what? He said, man, if I can just get the flock away from the shepherd. If I can just divide them. You know how he divides us with sin? Bitterness. Unforgiveness. Just get mad. Quit listening to him. Quit listening to the devil. God's done nothing but love you. Don't let anything come between you and the shepherd. Not only does he desire to divide us from the shepherd, but he desires to divide the sheep from the sheep. Not only maybe I can get them away from the shepherd, but maybe I can just get one sheep off by itself. If I can just get one sheep off by itself, then I can devour them. There's a whole lot of sheep out there by themselves right now because they got mad. They got bitter at something because the devil is sitting here pressing upon us and he's pressing upon our thoughts and our minds and our hearts and he's telling us that people are against us, our church family's against us. Listen here, ain't nobody against you here this morning. Let me say that where y'all wake up this time. Everybody open your eyes. There ain't nobody in this church that's against you. Your enemy is not sitting in this place. Listen to me now. So many times the devil lies to us and press upon us. Well, Miss V don't like me. Miss V this, Brother Carl this, Lacey this. Fooey! It's the devil doing that mess because he's desiring to sift us and divide us by putting pressure upon us. And he causes divisions where this one get mad at this one and that one mad at that one. And we come to church, and man, we're half mad at everybody, and we're sitting over on the other pew thinking, boy, I hope Lacey's listening to that sermon. Boy, she needs that message today. Hey, you've been guilty of it. Don't laugh at me. We've all been guilty of it. We get in here and we think that we're at odds and we're at war with each other. Friend, we've got to get along. We're not at war with one another. You're sitting there and you're thinking, you sorry, preacher. Well, I am sorry. But I love you. And quit allowing the devil to fill your head with mess to be against the preacher or the deacons or the rest of the church body. Do you realize today it's nothing but the devil? Sometimes people mess up. Sometimes we make mistakes, but most of the time it's in our mind. The devil's lied to us. Well, that's sorry, preacher. Well, you're right, I'm sorry. I am sorry, but I love you. And it's nothing but the devil desiring to separate us and divide us. Go in Hamburg and everybody in Ashley County has got a stinking church story. And I'll be honest, I'm sick of hearing church stories. And you know what is involved in every church story? Well, that old preacher and that old deacon and them, them sorry folks down there at the church house, they're no good. And you know what happened? The devil pressed on them till they got away from the shepherd and they got away from the flock. And now we're out there by ourselves because we're holier than thou. 
And we try to tell ourselves and we try to lie to ourselves and tell us the only reason we're not going down there because the rest of them are hypocrites. I ain't got to go down there. They're all hypocrites. I'll be a hypocrite and live in sin. I'll take care of myself. It's what the devil does. And he does that to separate us, to get us away from the shepherd, to get us away from the flock. And if he can get that one sheep away, he'll devour them. You look at me and you listen to me this morning. Satan desires to devour you. There's not anything funny about the fact that Satan desires to destroy our family. And if he can get you away from the shepherd and get you away from the flock, he will devour you. And before you know it, your marriage is in shambles. You think, well, well what went wrong? And before you know it, your kids are messing up so bad, you don't know what to do. And you're thinking, well, what went wrong? And then before you know it, you're filing bankruptcy and everything you work for is gone. And you're like, what went wrong? You can't do this by yourself. Child of God, you need the shepherd. And you need the sheep. You may not want to admit it, but we need one another. We need each other's prayers. We need each other's love. We need one another. Look in Luke 15. We're going to be done. We're going to prepare, Miss Jennifer. Luke 15. Oh, man. Do you realize that I spend more time inviting church members to church than I do lost sinners to heaven? Do you realize that if I don't call you within two or three weeks, you're mad at me and never come back again? Do you realize how many folks we could be witnessing to if we spent more time on the lost than we did the saved? All of our prayer requests is on saved folks. Adrian Rogers once said we spend more time praying the saints out of heaven than we do sinners out of hell. Child of God, get in the fold. Stay with the shepherd. I don't mind going out and, and encouraging and doing all of that. But child of God, there comes a point in time that we got to quit stumbling. But bless God, every time we do, He's there. I want to read this. Luke 15 and 4. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which was lost until he find it? I love that. Until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. There's been times that my heavenly Father has put me on his shoulders and say, come on back, let's get in the fold. Come on back and let's get in the flock. There's times that I've prayed and I cried, oh God, forgive me. Oh God, help me. And He put me on the shoulders and He took me right back. He left 99 people doing what they were supposed to be doing to go get me. Let alone rebellious me. Isn't God good? Whew. And when He cometh home, he called together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. And I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. And then he tells the story of the prodigal son that, that thought he could do it all and have it all, so he got all of his inheritance. 
And he took off. He said, I don't need God. I don't need my church. I don't need anybody. I've got me. I've got my money. I've got my inheritance. And it wasn't long. He was in the hog pen of sin. Listen to me. There's men in the hog pen of sin and they stay there. But the Bible said he came to himself. I got a friend right now. It's in the hog pen of sin that's left the ministry, that's left his family, that's left God, that's left his church. And he's losing everything he's got. Half of his salary is going to child support now because he wouldn't take care of his family when he was supposed to. He's left God. He's left everybody. 35-year-old man ain't got nothing today because he thought the grass was greener on the other side. You could tell stories all day. I could tell stories all day. I can tell you that story 14 years ago that this prodigal was out there in, in, the, in the pit. But bless God, I came to myself. And I said, oh, Mom and Daddy, they're not going to forgive me. But they did. Oh, the church is not going to forgive me. But they did. Oh, the Father's not going to forgive me. Oh, but He did. Oh, but He did. Oh, He forgave me. He let me back in the fold. And he said, come on in, Josh. I got enough. I got enough blood. I got enough forgiveness. I got enough grace. I, got, I should have been in hell a long time ago. I can't see y'all because I took my glasses off. Whew. I should have burnt slap up years ago. But he let me back in. I could shout from one side to the other because I got a Father in Heaven who had His arms wide open when I was rebellious and hard-headed and hard-hearted. I wouldn't listen to the preacher. I wouldn't listen to nobody. Them little old ladies in that church, oh, they used to get mad at me. They used to get mad at them. Them little old ladies in Hyde Park Church prayed me through that pit. There's people praying for you. Your flock loves you. You listen to me. This preacher loves you. I don't hate you. I'm not against you. I have no problem with you. You quit letting the devil put lies in your mind. If you've been mad at me, won't you be a man and come down here and say, Preacher, we need to get it right. We need to come home this morning. Maybe there's somebody sitting on the other side of the building. You've been sitting there bitter. Can't even worship because you're just mad. Don't really know why. And they, they don't know you're mad either. Go to them. Let's get right this morning. Oh, let's get right with one accord. I don't want promised land being like the Jerry Springer show. we got enough drama out there. We don't need drama in here. We're going to leave that mess out yonder. We're not, we're not going to gossip. We're not going to backbite. We're going to leave all that mess outside. Because we're going to quit letting the devil put pressure on us in order to separate us. I don't know what it is this morning, but you do. If you need to be saved, come. If you need to come to these altars, come. If you need to make a decision, come. Maybe there's somebody in here you need to get right with. Would you do it this morning?